Thank you, Lydia. Good morning, church. My name is Scott. I'm the lead pastor here. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, thank you for this teaching of the scriptures. We pray you'd open us up to hear from you again in new and profound ways. Lord, as we start this series learning about these one another's, help us not just hear it, help us live it. We know that some of these words will be convicting and others will be encouraging. God, we just pray that you would continue to grow us as a church in your image. In your great name we pray. Amen. Well, as I just mentioned, welcome to a new series called One Another's uh, here at Bethany Community Church. Over the next eight weeks or so until Advent, we're going to be studying the One Another's. The One Another's are spoken throughout scriptures. Uh, Our title today is called One Another, Making Church Matter Again. Making Church Matter Again. Uh, Opening illustration. In his commentary on Ephesians written over 1,700 years ago, the fourth century theologian Jerome tells a story about the apostle John while John was uh, teaching in Ephesus. Now, it's the end of his life. John, the apostle, the, the beloved one, teaching at the end of his life. And every day his disciples would carry John into the church in Ephesus. He had no strength. He had very few words. And they would ask him to preach. And he would say only this, little children, love one another. The Christians gathered in the church and in time they wanted more. John, you walked with Jesus. You talked with Jesus. You laid your, like, give us more. Give us a map. Give us the rules. Give us, please, John, anything. Like the frustration emerged with them. You saw it all. You were in the upper room. You experienced miracles. And John would say only this, it is sufficient to love one another because until that's accomplished, we must stay here. I found that really encouraging as we dive into the series on one anothering, that John's word that it is sufficient, little children love one another. That's like the core message John was saying to the church in Ephesus. This is almost 2,000 years ago. It's necessary now more than ever here in Seattle to love one another. What What does loving one another even mean? In Bible times, it it meant something special. It meant something sacred as the church was just forming. And we got to get back. We we got to dig into what this message in the scriptures of one another really meant so that we can be encouraged in a new and powerful way in today's church. The English word we translate into two words, one another, is actually one word in ancient Greek that the Bible recorded. It's it's this word, which means one another, being mutual being reciprocal, having a value in and of itself in the other. Now, the word that we translate as a phrase, it was a key word for the church. It was spoken over 100 times in the scriptures in 13 of the 27 New Testament books by Jesus, by John, by Paul. It becomes one of the clear overarching themes to what it means to be in the family of God, in the kingdom. We must care for fellow believers like family, like Lydia just read, like the body. This is what it means to one another. It means to be in the family of God. Now, honestly, I would just confess to you, I hadn't studied a lot about one another until this series. And I was surprised, like this was a message for the family of Christ. Just last week, we talked about mission and being, you know, we have the spirit of God in us. And then we go from this perspective of like, we have this identity, we have this mission. All those things are true, but what the scripture teaching about one anothering is, is that we must learn to love one another before we try to love the world. Because when we fail to love one another, then our witness in the world is compromised. Look at these Christians. They can't even love one another and they're trying to love the refugee. 
or the person on Aurora or the, the group in Rwanda or Nicaragua. Like that work is essential too. Don't get me wrong. But one anothering is so key in the scriptures because Jesus says, as I've loved you, now love each other, love one another, love the family of faith. Because as you one another each other, as you turn towards each other, you'll learn more about my great love for you. So this series is coming at a perfect time that, that we need to build out relationships in the family of Christ again. And it's found in this one anothering. The word to the church, one another, love one another, was given for times of dissonance and brokenness. And as the early church was persecuted, they really turned towards each other. They, they became this relational framework. They, they lived this ethos of one anothering. I would say the word to the church then, it's specific, it, it can help us right now. Because everyone I talk to, the old timers, they'll say to me, Scott, we've been through some battles before, but it's never been this hard. I've had people say at Bethany, 106 years old, that, you know, we've been through world wars. We've been through terrorist attacks. We've been through civil rights crisis. We've been through, and they'll name it. And then they say, and it's never been as hard as right now. That's amazing. What do they mean? What, what's so hard? It's, it's the relationships within the church are fragmented by the way we vote, by the way we look, by the way that we follow certain terms or groups. We've lost grace for each other. We've lost the capacity to, to love one another. So the message over these next weeks in this series is about rebuilding our relationships as God's people. Because we recognize right now, it's, it's hard to believe in the church. It's hard to trust in the church. It's hard to be pastored by the church. It, many want to just kind of break free. But the secret to being able to love one another comes not from your own strength, but from your identity as those beloved first by Christ. And by nature of the family of God, we're meant to be in relationship. There are no isolation Christians. It wasn't part of the scriptures. We're meant to be in relationship. We're meant to be loving one another, serving one another, praying with one another, learning from one another. We're going to talk about this over the series ahead. And so today I just want to begin the series with just a quick look at the vision, purpose, and values of what it is to a church that loves one another. So let's begin here, the vision, one another as a family. The vision from Christ comes from 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Key theme from John. And then in Romans, Romans 12, love one another with a brotherly affection, a sisterly affection. This is a Greek word for, for love, for affection. It's Philadelphia. It's a, it's a phyla. It's a brotherly type love. I've been to Philadelphia, like here in the United States. Don't see the love. But what Paul is saying is, I know it's hard, but the way that you're called to belong together in the family of faith is meant to have a familial relationship. You're meant to love like you love your earthly brother. Now, for many of us, that's even complicated because family relationships are complicated, especially in the last year. I hear more brokenness within families than ever before. So even this picture from the scriptures of like, love each other like your own flesh and blood, for some of us, we really struggle with that. But we have to get to the essence under the complications that we belong to each other. The vision, Jesus says, that, that my ministry is not just built on followers, but on family. Matthew 12, verse 50, whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Jesus, this is mysterious. 
It means when we are in his faith that we must see ourselves, so it'll be complicated within this new family of faith. If you follow Jesus, you're meant to be brothers with each other, sisters with each other, cousins, aunts, uncles. 1 John 5, everyone who believes that Jesus is, is the Christ is born of God. Everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. And so the, the vision We are meant to love the fellow children of God. We're meant to love one another, to be about one another. The church then, if we really believe the scriptures, the church matters a great deal. The church, the church, the church, really right now? Because when I go to church, I see other hypocrites or I see those people that voted unlike me or I see, or I don't even go to church. I mean, I'm in an online church, or I'm I'm in a, you know, I've just, I don't don't even know what this means. It's a new teaching specific for right now. I guess it's a renewed teaching rather. Now the church matters a great, great deal. We are the embodied ones, the ones that the spirit of God lives within and we're meant to be working together for the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. This is the vision for Christian people. This is a hope. 1 Corinthians 12 in the message version says it like this, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church, every part dependent on every other part. If one part flourishes, every part enters into into exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. So you're watching online, church feels hard or distant. You're, you, you feel really connected to our body or really, like I don't know your specific context as you listen to this message, but you need to be reminded from the scriptures who you are is part of the family of faith. It's who you are. And we as a church, many of us, we've kind of forgotten over the last 20 months how to be a body again. But when you practice the one another's, you become an example of the faith. You are living out the vision. You are becoming a red letter Christian. So when you practically love other people in the church, you're doing the work of Jesus. What a beautiful thing. Because I know your hearts, many of you, you want to do the work of Jesus. And that's why, hey, common compassion, you know, after East Usher, we raised a million dollars for a ministry that's, you know, affiliated with our church. We just gave it away. We want to do that. You want to do the work of Jesus. I see it in your lives. Loving one another is the work of Jesus in this specific time. We need you, church, now more, more than ever before. Uh, people to your left, the people to your right, the people before you, the people behind you, they're different than you. They'll have different views on a myriad of issues but we're called to one another. And I've made this point before, but I think it really helps us in this moment to to think of the disciples, think of the first followers. Jesus was telling them, love one another. They had nothing in common. There was a finance guy and a tax guy, natural resources guys. There was brothers, friends, no, many that had no relationships. They were peacekeepers and they were fighters. I mean, they they had nothing in common except the Messiah that they followed together. So we have to stop excluding people that aren't like us because somehow we think it'll be different in a different church. We are not meant to be completely the same. In our diversity and our plurality, even on the issues among us, God can be honored there. We've got to love one another. 
when I came to faith, really the, the community that really discipled me of faith was this group of other high school boys, very little in common. Some from Lacey, some from West Olympia, some that just moved in from parts of Eastern Washington, California, white boys and brown boys, parts that just didn't look at all the same. And in their different ethnicities and different families and different parts of the city, we began to learn about our unity through Christ. And we met weekly to study the scriptures and just actually learn how to love each other. And it was our leader who was Indian who taught us that, hey, I don't look like you guys, but we have a possibility for relational depth through Jesus we would never get on our own. Changed my life, changed all of our lives. We must, church, recapture the reality that our differences don't exclude us, they invite us. We need the church. This is the vision. It's why I care so deeply about the work of Bethany right now around racial reconciliation, because as we get to teach the truth of what the Bible says about tearing down racial divisions, we point to the end of the story, Revelation 5. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation gathered in worship by their commonalities? No, by Christ being worshiped. And so when we teach culture that the Bible tears down racial division to supplant Christ in the middle of our relationships. We have a witness again. This is the vision. Let me talk a bit about the purpose. The purpose from this series, John 15, 12, my command is this, love each other as I've loved you, or John 15, 17, love one another. So if you're listening to this message, you're connected to this body. And I know there's other legs and follicles and knee joints, and but the message to you all is you're, you're part of this body. We aim for you to be united in Christ in this church. So when Jesus says, hey, I give you a new command, love one another, we say, yeah, like let's live into that. And, and if we made mistakes in the past and we, you know, struggled and, you know, someone said something and someone didn't build you, a, you know, a, a bring you a meal when you said, like, have there been imperfections in the body? Of course. But are we calling the church to recommit one to another? We are. It's so key to be about each other, to love one another. This is what really matters. And and like what we'll hope to build out in the next seven weeks is just over and over again, these specific teaching about one another's, this is what Jesus calls us to as we love the family of faith. This gives us a renewed sense of purpose. Richard often talks about this theologian, T.A. Sparks, this European theologian, kind of a big deal, you know, a while back. He wrote treatises on communion and, and all these different theological principles. And T.A. Sparks, who was a kind of a, an expert on communion, at the end of his life, guess what? He was celebrating communion alone because the way he read the scriptures was nobody else really measured up to break bread with him. Like, don't do that to yourself. Don't become so isolated that you feel like you're doing communion alone. We need you in the body of the faith. Like, let's not keep cutting each other off. We've got to learn to love one another. So there's a vision, and then there's these, you know, kind of purpose. But where I want to get us to here as we kind of wrap up is the value. Like, what's the value of this if we can actually do this? And we'll, we'll take the next nine weeks to unpack this. The value But this is how God comes alive in our midst, in our diversity. And we need you here for that. As we love God and love others together, we press into it. It's it's not easy. 
but we get this renewed sense of a vision and there's a purpose to it. And then the value starts to be that, that our faith becomes on display. And that's really, as you study the words of John in 1 John, no one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, John says, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So if you, that's, that's a staggering promise. By loving one another, God's love is, in, is complete in us. So that's a mission that when we truly do the work of one anothering, that this promise that God will grow in us, that our love will grow, our hope will grow. And that, that's really, really, really encouraging to me because I'm looking for hope right now, church. I mean, like you, I'm looking for hope. And what the scriptures say, if when I learn to love people around me in the church, God's love will grow in me. Well, that's, that's a hard word to trust, but I think we need to lean in right now. And do this work in this series. Show up to church, 930, the Shoreland Auditorium. Show up online, but join a virtual house. Like somewhere, somehow, you need to get in relationship, renewed relationship with the people of God, of the church. I know you have many friends and the college friends and the high school friends and the school friends. I love it. But there's something special in the body of Christ that we're meant to be loving one another. We need you now. We do. Pastor John, who pastored this church for 36 years before Richard, he says that at Bethany, it's an army of the anonymous. And his call quite often in the benediction that has become legend at Bethany, he would look out over a small church of about 200 people on good day and say, hey, church, tangle your heartstrings together. Learn to tangle your heartstrings together. I'm no doctor, but I'm pretty sure there's no strings in the heart. There are muscles and bones and tissue and molecules and some small and large and wide and narrow, all of them perfectly placed and absolutely essential to the functioning of the human heart. So may we get back together. May we learn to be tangled together, holding grace for each other together. People that don't look like us, people that didn't see every issue in the last 20 months the exact way we did. Let us learn to love one another. I'll tell you a story as we close. Many things have changed during COVID and, and some are okay, right? Let's be honest. Like anyone that's hosted a birthday party for a little kid and they blow the candles out and then we cut the like, yeah, we don't ever need to do that again, right? Let's just not. But some things I really miss from like the pre-COVID and we did this thing once at the end of a sermon. We called it hug stations. I don't know if you were there at Bethany North during this time. It was several years ago. I can't tell you the series. I can't tell you the, I mean, even the name is kind of awful, right? And those of you that are more introverts right now are like, oh, that sounds awful. Don't even tell me the story. But I got to tell you the story. Because we were teaching about relationships. We were te- teaching about the body. I forget exactly. But at the end of the message, we invited people forward to receive communion and, and then to, to be reminded that they mattered to the body, that, that we have to love one another. Safety was key. So people had an option if they didn't want to hug. I, I think they could put their hand out and like we did it well. Like it wasn't tacky and it wasn't awkward and it wasn't unsafe. But what, honestly, going into the message and the response, I had no idea how it was going to end. It was like one of these, you know, like, oh, is this going to be a bad idea in hindsight or a good idea? We invited people forward. 
And they, they took the body and they took the, the blood and they celebrated communion and they stepped over and we gave them the option for like the non-awkward or the full-on hug. And to my great surprise, two out of every three chose the hug. Some of these people I've been pastoring for a long time, like what a joy, just men and women, just give them a hug. Hey, you, you matter to, you matter here. We, we love you. Be the arms and the hands and the feet of the body of Christ. People wept. People felt seen. People felt connected. People felt known. And I've been doing this with you here as a church for 11 years. That was a highlight for me. So we're an imperfect church trying to give witness to a perfect God. We need one another. We need to be back in relationship with one another. We need you to to trust us. And we want to trust you. And we want to rebuild the family of faith this fall. So we would be people of the family of Christ, experiencing the fullness in God and how we love one another. Would you pray with me now? Jesus, thanks for this moment. It's just we begin this series. We just pray for grace and mercy to fall upon your people, that they hear this message to be encouraged, that they matter a great deal in this church. Lord, we've got to keep our social distance. We've got to keep our masks on. All these things remain true, but teach us, God, how to be in relationship again, how to see and be seen, how to love one another the way you love the women and men, the young and the brown and the white, just the beautiful diversity of this local body that teach us to be your family and your body again. We love you so. In your great name we pray. Amen. Let's continue in worship.